Hello and welcome to this message from the room. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the sectional Christmas banquet this past uh, week and uh, the speaker there was talking about the birth of Christ and there was something that he said that uh, really struck me and I've thought about a lot since he mentioned that and it's uh, really what I want to title my message this morning And, and he said that Jesus was born in the fullness of time, that he was born at the precise time, the most Uh, perfect time that God had it planned out to the point that when Jesus would actually be born, it was the fullness of time. It was the perfect moment for Jesus to arrive at this earth. And and I've just thought about that a lot today uh, and over the last few days that in the fullness fullness of time, exactly when it was meant to be, that's when Jesus arrived. And so this morning I want to preach to you from that thought in the fullness of time. Would you help me pray? This morning, Father, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your grace. Lord, I thank you for the birth of your son, Jesus, and that God, he has come to this earth to redeem humankind, mankind. Lord, we thank you for that today. And we just look forward to what you're going to speak into our hearts this morning. Prepare us, uh, bring us to an awareness, God, of you. And I pray that through this holiday season, we not lose sight of who you are, what you've done, and God, what you're trying to do for us. And we thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Our, our text is from Luke chapter 2, verse 11, and it reads this. It says, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I, that's the only thing I'm going to use today for Scripture this morning because as I was looking at that, there's, some, there's three great keys there, three great points that I want to bring about, things that can help us during this time just bring to our remembrance and think about during this holiday season. The first part of that in Luke chapter 2 verse 11 says, For there is born to you this day. For the Jewish people for centuries, for centuries, their lives uh, awaited a promise of a Messiah. They, they had waited for Jesus. They had waited for the Messiah to come for many, many, many years, hundreds of years. And, and He represented their hopes, their dreams. He represented for them the fulfillment of God's promises uh, to them. God's kingdom uh, was going to be established on this earth by the Messiah. It was going to mean freedom from oppression. It was going to mean an opportunity to rule and reign with them. It just, it just meant everything to them. And so, so their entire existence centered around the hope that one day there would be a Messiah that would come to this earth and establish that kingdom on this earth. And so they looked for that and they waited for that. And so for centuries... The lives of the Jewish people had centered around long seasons of oppression and captivity, persecution and mistreatment with just small intermittent times of freedom. The the majority of their existence was based on tyrannical oppression and and people taking them into slavery and holding them into bondage. It was the Egyptians. It was the Babylonians. It was the Medes and Persians. It was now the Romans had control over them. And so they had spent most of their existence under the control of a godless people. But the promised Messiah would change all that. He, He would be the one to change all of that. 
And so every season that they went through, seasons of oppression, seasons uh, of being captives, they always held on to and had the hope that one day there would be their promised Messiah and He would show up and He would set them free and establish a kingdom on this earth that would not end. The Messiah was a gift to them that they had anticipated. It was a gift they had hoped for. And it was a gift that they had long awaited. But centuries of waiting, centuries of abuse, centuries of persecution, centuries of tyranny make it hard to maintain hope. Can anybody relate to that? That, you know, none of us are centuries old, I don't think. But we've had long seasons in our life where maybe we have felt like things aren't working out for us. This is not at all what I had anticipated. This is not all what I'm waiting for. This is not at all what I'm hoping for. This is not uh, turning out the way I had envisioned and dreamed it to come to pass. And those seasons make it very hard for us to maintain hope. They, they, over time, they start to cause us to lose and wane hope. You know, as a matter of fact, prior to Christ's coming and His birth, it was the darkest time in the history of the Jewish people. Prior to Christ's coming, there had been over 400 years of nothing but silence. 450 to 500 years of nothing where God had not sent a prophet. God had not spoken to the people. Ever since the the last prophet, Malachi, there had not been any kind of idea or or word from God. There had not been any uh, moving of God, so to speak. Nothing was literally going on. It had just been silence for the Jewish people. God speaking nothing, showing nothing, seemingly doing nothing. Long periods. And it's in those long periods of God's silence that that we start to lose hope and, and hope begins to fade. It certainly had begun to fade for God's people. Where was God? What was He doing? Why is He not speaking? But in the fullness of time. But in the fullness of time, on the right day, in the right place, At the right time, Jesus was born. It says, unto you is born this day. Ending the drought. Ending the season of silence and hell. Here's the point that I want you to understand today is that He is on time for you. God is on time for you. God is always on time for you. God is always working things out and when the time is right, God will show up. Even though the waiting is the worst. I hate waiting. Anybody have the gift of patience in here? I need to hang out with you if you do. Because I don't have the gift of patience and I'm telling you during this season, the gift of patience is tested. The fruit of patience is tested beyond all testing. This is the benchmark of patient testing right here, right? This is when it is maxed out and you decide, you find out whether or not you have it or you don't. I don't like to wait. And I certainly don't like to wait when I'm waiting on God to do something big in my life. When I'm waiting on God to change a situation or work something out for me. When I'm waiting on God, where is He at? When is God going to show up? When is God going to do something? But I've come to tell you this morning that He always shows up for you right on time. He will show up in the right, on the right day. He will show up at the right place. And He will show up at the right time. While God rarely comes at our appointed time. 
He always comes at the right time. God, this should have been taken care of a few years ago, you know. God, you know, hey. Even though he rarely shows up at our appointed time, God always shows up at the right time. And he's working some things out so that he maximizes his effect on your life. When is the best time for me? Well, I don't know. But God knows. And that's what I have to trust. You know, all of us in this room are waiting for something. I want you to think about that for just a moment. That every person in this room is waiting for something. Some of you are waiting for healing. Some of you are waiting for God to do something, uh, you know, in your personal life. Some of you are waiting for God to work out a purpose that He's put in your heart to fulfill. But everybody in this room, regardless of what it is, you are waiting for something. Just like the Jewish people were waiting for their Messiah and the promise of something special, we are waiting for God to do something special for us. We're waiting on God for something. God, I'm waiting for you to heal me. It's been... X amount of years and still hasn't happened. God, I'm waiting for you to deliver me. I've been struggling with this problem for years and years and I'm waiting for you to do something for me. God, I'm waiting for you to bring my son or my daughter back home, back to Christ. God, I'm waiting and you are silent. You're not saying anything. It doesn't look like you're doing anything. I don't know where you're operating. You, You are beyond my view and you seem distant to me. Don't lose hope in the waiting. Let me encourage you this morning. Don't lose hope in the waiting. Let Christ's birth, let that whole picture that I laid out for you this morning be an encouragement and a boost to your faith today. He will not disappoint you. He will not. He will not disappoint you. He will come through for you when the time is right. The Jewish people had waited for thousands of years for the Messiah. And for over 400 years prior to Christ's birth, there had been no word from God, no sign from God, no sight of God at all. And so let me encourage you with this statement this morning. Sometimes the darkest and quietest times, times when it seems like God is nowhere to be found, are the moments just before God shows up big for you. I can't imagine it getting any worse. Oh, then then you're primed. Let me tell you, if if you can't imagine it getting any worse, if you can't see anything working out at this point, it's gone too far downhill for us to get out of this hole now. Listen, you are primed for God to do something big in your life. The key to that is faith, and the key to that is not losing sight of the promises that God has for you, knowing that He will not disappoint you, that in the right time, the right place, and the right moment, God will show up in your situation, and He can change everything in an instant for you. God can do that. And God will do that. What must have been the thoughts of the Jewish people during the 400 years of silence? Think about that. 400 plus years. They had not had a season of their lives, really any significant season of their lives where there had not been a prophet, where there had not been someone speaking on behalf of God, where there, not had, been, where there had not been miracles and where there had not been a, you know, a purpose and a goal and a mission or something happening that was a sign that God was working with them. But there had been 400 years here. What must have been their thoughts during that time? 
Because I would say that the same thoughts that they probably had during that time are the same thoughts that we have during our silent times. Times when we go two or three years and we don't feel like nothing's happening for us, anything's happening for us. Maybe some of you go two or three months and you don't really feel like you're hearing from God or maybe it's even longer than that and you don't feel like God's speaking to you, God's showing you anything, God's doing anything in your life. Moments of silence. What thoughts are going through our minds during that time? Has God given up on me? Have I done something so bad that I can't come back from it? Why is God not coming through for me Is God suddenly unaware of me? Don't you know that for those 400 plus years, those thoughts permeated their minds, attacked their minds. But on the right day, in the right place, and at the right time, God will show up at the convergence of your need and God's timing. Jesus is always there. When your need intersects God's timing, guess who you're going to find right in the middle of that intersection? It is always Jesus Christ. And He is waiting to do something big for you. So let me encourage you today by telling you God is going to meet you in the waiting this morning. God is going to meet you in the waiting this morning. Somebody needs to grab a hold of that and put it in your heart today. You've been waiting for a long time, but today you're grabbing hold of that promise and you're saying, God's going to meet me in the waiting. He knows what I'm hoping for this morning and He is the God of hope. No, let me say this better. He is the God of fulfilled hope this morning. Not just the God of hope, but God of fulfilled hope. I don't want just to hope. I want to see that hope come to pass. I want to see that hope be fulfilled. I want to see that hope do something. He is the God of the hope for something special and the God of the day that something special is unwrapped right before your very eyes. God help me to trust you in the waiting. God help me to trust you in the waiting because He is always on time for you. Verse 11 says this, it says, For there is born to you. Not only is He on time for you, He is a God who comes through for you. Not only is He on time for you, God, you're going to come at the right time, but you're also a God who comes through. He's, also, he's always a God that delivers. Tell, tell someone sitting next to you that He always comes through for you. He always comes through for you. Always. He is not a God who disappoints. Who was Jesus? You know, the scripture says, He is born to you. Who was Jesus born to? To you. To you. He was born to you. It's personal. He's a personal God. I love that about our Savior, don't you? That He's not just a a God sitting up there telling a mass group of people to do something, but He is a God who communicates directly with me. And He's talking to me. He was born to me. And for me, for there is born to you. I remember back when we were first married and young. And like most couples, we didn't have a lot of money, you know, during Christmas time. You know, it was always a struggle when you're newly married and you're, you know, you're trying to get your feet under you and all that stuff. But I wanted, what I wanted was a grill. That's what I wanted. Uh, You know, every, you know. Uh, every man needs a grill, right? I mean, you know, that's just, 
life is not fulfilled until you have a grill, until you're able to cook something on that grill. And uh, I wanted that, but the fact of the matter is there's just really no way we could afford a grill. You know, not even the basic model could we afford. Uh, we, were, uh, we, were, <laughs> we were needing the, the charcoal grill. That's what we were needing uh, with our budget. But I wanted a propane one because those charcoal grills are too hard to work. And so I knew we really couldn't afford one. But that year, April surprised me with, guess what, a grill. I had no idea that I was going to get it. And uh, I wanted it, I hoped for it, but I saw no way that I could get it. But she had worked extra, and she had worked odd jobs, and that Christmas she surprised me with a grill. And it's one of my most special Christmas gifts, not because of the gift, because we've had greater grills since then, I promise you. I've bought nicer ones. You know, I bought them pre-assembled, praise God, that I didn't have to do that. I've maintained my Jesus as a result of that. And so it wasn't the fact of the gift. It was the, it was the way the gift was given. It was the sacrifice. It was the effort. It was, me not want, it was me wanting it and seeing no possible way in which to get it. Yet it was delivered to me and it was given to me. And that's what made it special. It, it, was, it was something that did not disappoint. It was something that just surprised me. And I want you to know this morning that God is a God who always comes through for you. And if you give Him an opportunity this morning, He may just surprise you. Just because what you need Him to do, what you're waiting on Him to do, is beyond your view. You don't see any way that it can happen. It does not mean it can't happen. He is a God who does not disappoint. And if you give Him the opportunity... He may just come through for you and He may just surprise you in ways that you never dreamed possible. Amen. April came through for me. God will come through for you. And I'm not saying that she's on the same level as God. I'm not about to even go there. (laughs) Yeah. What do you need? What do you need God to do for you? What do you need God to do for you? What do you want God to do for you? What are you hoping that God will do in your life? This season, this season ought to highlight this eternal truth. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He always comes through for you. Now listen, just because God hasn't come through for you yet as far as you can see doesn't mean he has abandoned you doesn't mean he's finished with you it doesn't mean he's he's done I'm sure that the Jewish people thought God had abandoned them and then one day a savior was born I want to assure you that this very minute this very moment God is working on your situation He is working on what you are waiting for. I'll say that again. He is working on what you are waiting for. You remember layaway? I think they've started bringing it back now. But when we were first married, layaway was a lifesaver. That's how we did Christmas. We would go and we would pick everything out. We would put it in layaway. Everything came from Walmart back in those days. 
and uh, we would put it on layaway and then each week we would go and we would pay $10 on it or we'd pay, you know, whatever we could afford. But we would start paying. The moment they would let us put stuff in layaway, we put it in layaway. And we paid on it and paid on it and paid on it until we finally got it done. But if you come to our house, you would look under our tree and you would say, these people done nothing. These people hadn't even bought a present. These people are in trouble. They're, when are they going to get this done? It looked like there's no hope for any kind of gifts. But then one day when we got it paid off, you would come the next day to our house and that thing was loaded up because all of those gifts had finally been paid for and then delivered to us and put where they were belong where they belong so that we could see them. You know, your God works the same way. It looks like nothing's happening. It looks like nothing's coming through. And then over time, all of a sudden, something shows up big in your life. And you're like, wow, I guess he was working on my situation all the time. I just couldn't see it. I just didn't know where he was at. I didn't know how he was going to do it. But then all of a sudden, something shows up big and it's right there for me. Some of you have been waiting on some stuff for a long time. And I'm just saying to you, because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not happening for you. Just because you can't see how God's doing some stuff doesn't mean God's not doing anything for you. God is working on your behalf. He is working on what you're waiting for. And He's going to deliver it when the time is right. God is working on your need. And one of these days, that, that's going to show up for you. He's got the answer to your problem laid away somewhere. And when the time is right, it's going to appear right before you. Those circumstances say otherwise. Though what you see says otherwise, God is going to come through for you on schedule, on time, fulfilling His long-appointed and long-awaited plans for you. Don't give up before the time is right. Don't give up before the time is right. Don't walk away before victory. Don't turn your back on God right before God delivers his, on His promises for you. Everything He does, listen this morning, everything God does is for His glory and for your good. Everything God does is for His glory and for your good. And when His glory and your good are maximized, that is when God shows up and comes through for you. And if we will hold on to hope, If you'll hold on to hope, you may just be surprised at what God's able to do in that situation. Let me encourage you this morning by saying, even when God feels distant, He is near. Even when it seems no plan is coming to pass, there is a plan, and His plan is a good plan. It's for your good, and it's for His glory. He always comes through for you. And then the last part of this verse, verse 11. It says, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And I want to focus for the last point on the last part of that verse. Christ the Lord. We forget sometimes the Godhood of Jesus Christ because we only see His humanity. And it's easy for us to set that aside because we see His humanity. Especially during this season, what do we see of Jesus? We see Him as just a baby... We see Him as innocent. We see Him as powerless. We see Him dependent on Mary and Joseph. We see Him where He is, a manger. And we forget where He was, the throne of heaven. And I set that image up for this last point, and that is this, that He'll do anything to be with you. 
He'll do anything to be with you. He'll do anything to get to you and to be that personal Savior that I talked about earlier. I, I think we understand this, but let me just say this for clarity's sake and to make sure that we understand this. Jesus wasn't a human who became God. He was a God who became human. I'll say it again. Jesus wasn't a human who became God. He was a God who became human. And so He left everything perfect. And He came so that He could be with us. He wasn't a man who took on a godly form. He was a God who took on human form. Think about the stable even where Jesus was born. It's cold. It's unclean. It smells. It's a far cry from a suitable birthing place. Certainly not clean to the standards that we would expect. That is what he was willing to subject himself just to be with you. And for the next 33 years, he will spend those 33 years living lowly, living poorly, suffering under human rule and oppression, struggling to get by on a carpenter's salary, and he will eventually be accused, endure trial, punished, beaten, executed, all for what reason? So that he could be with you. So he could be with you. Just like the grill I was telling you about earlier, April has done this throughout our lives repeatedly. This has been the way that she's surprised me with gifts many times. She's worked little odd jobs and saved and sacrificed, and I've done the same for her as we've done some different things like that. She has worked to get me the things that she knew I really wanted. And just like those sacrifices made the gift more special, Christ's sacrifices, when we look at them and when we think about them, and when we really value them for what they are, they make His gift more special for us. There is nothing, there is nothing that He will not do to get to you this morning. I think that so many of us approach Christ with this mentality that we're not worthy, even though that's true in part. And because we're not worthy, there's no way that He would put any effort really to be with... Why would He want to be with me? Why would God do what He does to be with me? I can understand why He would do that for so-and-so, but I can't even imagine why God would do that for me. He loves you so much. And He loves you. It's personal. It's, it's you that He is... He is in love with and seeking after and going after life for. He loves you so much and He proves it over and over and over again. There is nothing that He wouldn't do to get to you. Amber, would you come this morning? There's no mountain too big that God won't climb over to get to you. There's no river too wide, ocean too wide. There's, there's no barrier that can stop him from getting to you. Nothing. So I want you to take hope in the story of Christ's birth and know that you are loved and prized by the God who stepped down from heaven and arrived at the perfect time for you. And take hope also this morning in knowing that he still arrives at the perfect time for you. He still a God who arrives at the right place at the right time and the right moment for you. In the fullness of time, when God's glory and your good converge, Christ is there in the midst of all of that. 
He is a God who is always on time for you. He always comes through for you. And He will do anything to get to you. Would you stand with me across this place? The altar call I want to give today is very simple. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm waiting on some stuff. I've been waiting on God to do something big in my life. I I want to pray with you today. I want to invite you to come across this altar today and, and just begin to ask God, please help me to hope, have hope in the waiting. Help me to trust you in the waiting. Help me to be faithful in the waiting, God. I know that you're going to come through for me in the right place at the right time. God, you're going to show up. And so if you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm waiting I need God to do something in my life. I'm waiting for God to do something big for me. Then I want you to come. I'm going to invite you to come and step out of your seat. Join me in the altars this morning and let's let God begin to just encourage your faith this morning. Maybe some of you are in this house today and you say, I need a boost to my hope and faith this morning. It's been a long wait and it's starting to wane. It's starting to subside. It's starting to fade a little bit. I need God to give me a boost this morning. Would you come? Let God give you that encouragement this morning. Let God help you today. I want to invite some of you to come and stand behind these this morning. And let's just lift up one another in prayer. Come and support these that are in the altars today. And let's pray for them. and Ask God to strengthen their faith this morning. Yes. Every head bowed and every eye closed across this house. You say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus. I've never given my heart to Him. I've never accepted Him as Savior. Or maybe you've accepted Him as Savior in the past, but today you don't feel like He is a God that is near you, that that there's some things standing between you and Him. Some barriers that you've created that you need to tear down this morning. Today you say, I want God to work in my life. I want God to touch me. I want God to minister to me. I want God to do something big for me. I want God to save me. So if you're here and you say, I need salvation. I need Jesus in my heart. I need Jesus in my life. Would you just simply put your hand up and put it right back down and say, that's me. I need God and I need to give my heart to God this morning. I need to give my life to Jesus this morning. I don't need to leave this place the same way. I need to be different. I need God to change my situation. Would that be you? And you say, that's me this morning. Simply simply lift your hand up and just put it right back down and just signify that to me this morning. I want to pray a prayer with you today and I want to ask that if you need to accept Christ as your Savior, then you just simply pray this prayer with me and invite Him to be a part of your life. Father, I thank you that you are still a God who saves and you are still a God who delivers. God, today we know that your word tells us that if we call upon the name of the Lord, we will be saved. And so this morning, God, if there's someone here that doesn't know you as Savior, I encourage them through this prayer, Lord, to simply call upon your name, to say, Jesus, I need you in my life, to invite you to be a part of their lives, God, and that, Lord, you would begin to work in them. We thank you that old things are passed away and all things become new. That, God, we get to start over, we get to begin again, and we get to experience a new life from this day forward. Lord, walking with you. Change us from the inside out. Make us new. Make us clean, God. Make us right. But more than anything, God, be that present help in time of trouble. Be that God that walks with us and sticks closer to us than a brother. Lord, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Amen. Would you stand with me across this place and we'll be dismissed this morning. I want to encourage you again. I know Miss April mentioned it, but the 20th is going to be our Christmas service. That is a Wednesday night. And so I encourage you to come. We had a great, great service last year. It was such a special time. And so come, invite somebody to come with you. Plan on staying afterwards and it'll be a great time together. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for what you've done in this service. I pray that, Lord, the words that have been preached this morning would encourage the hearts and lives of every person here. I pray that, God, we would hold dear and near to those things, Lord, when we start to lose hope or we start to lose confidence, that, God, these things would come back to our minds and encourage our faith once again. I pray your blessing over each and every family during this holiday season. We thank you, Lord, as we're going and coming, that, God, you would just keep us safe in all of that activity. We thank you for this week. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We'd love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkernet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us after it. Till I found myself face down on your shore. You say, Come to the river.